This is Life with Catherine, sharing stories from my heart with a smile. And I'll even sing once in a while. Together, we'll learn more about the people who inspire me. Come along, pond. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the podcast starts with us laughing. (laughs) Hi, and welcome to Life with Catherine, episode 33. I'm here with my friend Lisa Newhold. And she is here to talk all about herself and what she's done. And uh, we're already laughing. (laughs) So I met Lisa um, at my day job. And why don't you talk about (laughs) how we met? Sure. Because I've got the giggles. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for for having me. Um, Yeah, so we met here uh, back in November 2013. I had just come to Canada earlier in the year and this would have been, I think it was my second job in Vancouver and I ended up working here. I think initially it was only meant to be for three weeks Mm -hmm. and then it ended up being about three months in the end. Um, But yeah, good times, met so many great people as well um, in this job, like just lots of expats, lots of Canadians and, and it was brilliant and still in contact with them today which is nice considering I've been here four years now. Yeah. But yeah, it's great. Amazing. And we, yeah, just way too much fun. Um, so why don't you tell me about the start? Where did you grow up? And then how did you end up coming here? What made you choose this? And other than being with people like awesome me, okay. what made you what made you choose that? What was your okay. life like? Uh, so I, I was born in Australia, um, a very small area called the Sunshine Coast. So lots of beaches and hinterland. And I left there, I would have been, I think, 22 when I left Australia and moved to London in the UK. Um, my brother was, was getting married. Basically, I'm one of four children. I'm the youngest. And so my brother was, he was living in London at the time and was getting married. So I decided to go to the wedding and thought, well, you know, I'm going all this way. I may as well get a two-year working holiday visa. And so I arrived in the UK and being from a small town, um, I absolutely loved it. It was just, it was exciting and, you know, I could fly all around Europe for, you know, $50 return fares and, and you know, spend a weekend and, and fly off to Germany or, or to France or somewhere. And so my initial two years in the UK turned into 10 years and in that time I became a British citizen and got my British passport. Um, but at the back of my mind, I always knew I wanted to come to Canada and um, just to see what it was like. And, you know, I'd seen lots of pictures and my sister and her husband, they lived in Montreal for 18 months whilst I was living in the UK. And so she'd send me, you know, video footage and, and photos of Montreal. And um, so from that, I thought, one, it's absolutely stunning. But two, Montreal, when they would send me like slow motion videos of, of the snow, you know, going up to eight feet tall and then stories of having to dig the car out of, of the driveway. <laughs> and then, you know, she'd drive to work and she'd bring a husband who would dig out the driveway so she'd get her car back into the garage. And so I was like, do you know what? No, I, being from Australia, I, I couldn't handle that kind of temperature. It's intense. <laughs> and so I was like, no, maybe I'll just go somewhere else. And um, so when I decided to come to Canada, I spoke to a lot of people and everyone raved about Vancouver. They said basically it's the warmest part being on the west coast 
and just how stunning it was being close to the mountains and, and being able to hike. So for me, I was like, that's perfect. And um, yeah, so my last year in the UK, I ended up flying back to Australia to visit my family. I applied for the visa. I then flew back to London. Uh, the visa came through, I think, two days after I landed. And they basically give you a year to enter Canada. So oh, I then yes. spent that, that last year tying up loose ends and saving extra money and working out a plan to come here. And so I arrived so cool. in January, no, sorry, February 2013. And um, yeah, so I arrived here then and basically was living in a shared house in Shaughnessy <laughs> with awesome. 10 people. Uh, which was amazing, absolutely amazing. It was 10 of us um, and just people from all over. At the time when I moved in, it was mainly Irish. I think there were eight Irish guys. And um, How did then you even find a place like that? I was really lucky. I A friend that I worked with in the UK found it for me because um, I booked a I booked a hostel on Granville Street and was just going to stay in the hostel for three nights and then find somewhere else. And then she basically found this website called Moving to Vancouver and it had the house, the whole shared house scenario. So I was like, that's perfect. Emailed the the guy that ran it, Rory. Um, and yeah, I had an interview with him over Skype before I left London. And he was like, yeah, you're fine. You know, you can move in. I'm like, that's fantastic. So I, I spent the three nights in the hostel and then I ended up moving into the house, which was brilliant. I met so many people through that house. Um, a lot of my good friends now, super close friends, four years on, I met in that house. And I think if it hadn't have been for that, I, I don't know. Well, I talked to anyone, everyone. <laughs> but then I just wonder if, you know, how different my life would be in Vancouver if I hadn't lived there and, and made those friends initially and felt comfortable straight away. Had that impression right away. Yeah, because I know a lot of people I talk to that are, are new to Vancouver complain about, you know, how, how hard it is to make friends in the city and, you know, how everyone's closed off and... So I, I never had that experience, thank God. Um, thank God. <laughs> like, have they met both of us? <laughs> Seriously. But, um, yeah, and so I've been here four years now. And, um, yeah, I've been working my current job three years, and absolutely, I love it. It's great. And you're working for a non-profit. Uh, yeah, so I have my day job, um, but I also have a second job, which is a volunteer job, although the hours... I wish I got paid for it. Um, so I'm the president of Women in Mining BC. So it's a non-profit. It's been around for, I think it's about 12 years now. And so basically, since I've started my position there as president, I've just been trying to overhaul the whole organization and get a lot more people involved, get uh, our name out there and just awareness and start putting on some really high level events, working with other companies in Vancouver trying to get more women of course into mining the the industry it's still um predominantly run by by men and you know the whole glass ceiling and everything like that so basically we're there as a way to to offer women support we do our networking events uh we're looking into doing training now as well especially cool. in aboriginal relations a lot of people are interested in that and um, so yeah, that keep, that keeps me very busy, very very busy. So, and where yeah. did you? What? How did you land in that? Um, it was funny. I'd never heard of the organization, and then I was I was looking at venues. I think for for my my day job, and um, one of the ladies mentioned women in mining. Had I heard of them? And I said no. And so I googled them when I got back to the office and saw that they had um, an event coming up. 
and went along to the event and, and ended up meeting some of the executives and just said I was interested in helping out. Mm-hmm. And then I got a position as chair of communications. So I put together a communications team, um, started, you know, really upping the ante on our social media mm-hmm. and started a newsletter and things like that. And, and we'll put all the links in the site. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. thank you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then so I was in that role, I think, for about six or seven months. And then I was lucky enough to uh, be offered the role of president. And um, so, yeah, it's it's been a very busy past year. It's really important to give um, everybody but women a chance mm. to connect, to feel supported, to already have a place where you fit right away yeah and that it's not always about us versus them or anything like that Mm. like a place to just be i'm here and this is a strong example yeah strength and it's it's funny like some of the events we do like if we do an evening networking event we try and invite along people both men and women are welcome at all of our events but we try to also invite along people from from different industries different speakers and i think especially with mining and and the whole downturn that we had um people were looking for work so it's it was important to try and connect people with other people mm-hmm. um, you know and expand their networks when i mean it's funny because the mining industry in vancouver is very small i think within a six block radius there's something like 600 mining companies but <laughs> when when there's so many people out of work it is important to to keep your networks open and to keep meeting people because mm-hmm. you never know where your next job is going to be amazing yeah Ah, let's see what else do we have what what the heck day of the week is oh it's a thursday by the way (laughs) i'm trying to put the day i'm trying to put the date in here sometimes but i uh just i'm complete mess today but that's okay (laughs) uh let's see what else so what do you like to do in vancouver oh everything everything okay so i guess close downtown yes i'm an english bay yeah english bay uh, so I guess oh, I split no it into, to, into summer and winter activities. So winter, I, I cannot ski or board to save my life. <laughs> I've tried multiple times. I've had multiple accidents. And now the fear is so ingrained in my head. And at my age, I don't think there's a way to get that out. I've just had a lot of bad luck. So I love snowshoeing. Absolutely love snowshoeing. Love it. I can't injure myself, touch wood. Um, Yeah, no, I really, I love snowshoeing. And it's just, especially up at Seymour, it's so nice. It's like a winter wonderland. And when you're from like a very hot, sunny climate, Mm -hmm. walking through the snow with the, you know, falling on the trees and everything, it's just beautiful. With your friends. Yeah, it's just beautiful. And it's a good way to sort of, you know, work out and and chat to the girls at the same time. So we have a lot of fun. And get out of your... Zone. and get out of downtown because mm-hmm. that's the thing i because i live and work downtown i love to get out because it is as i said it's vancouver to me after living in london for 10 years it's it's very small and so it's lovely because i do always run into people i know all the time on the street mm-hmm. but i do need to get out and just get into nature oh, um, yeah We're so lucky so oh the west coast here yeah <laughs> but that that'd be my my winter activities um when it's raining i I'm not a big fan of the rain. I've, I never have been, even in the UK, I hated the rain. So there's a lot of Netflix going on <laughs> on days like this. Um, yeah, Netflix, playing guitar, uh, catching up with friends, having cups of tea with friends, going to the pub. 
And then summer is just crazy. Um, I love hiking, so I'll go hiking or travel when I can. Uh, water activities, I love water sports, so paddle boarding, kayaking, um, walking the seawall, oh, Stanley gorgeous. Park. And yeah, I love my motorbikes, as you know. So I just <laughs> bought a new bike. You went out for coffee and yeah. bought a bike? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just last Saturday actually I bought a new bike. <laughs> so I had I well I have currently a very old it's an eighty one Honda CM four hundred, and I rode that when I first got my license. It's now off the road being looked after by a friend out in Surrey, and it's just not worth putting the money in to fix it up. It's I think mm-hmm. it's beyond repair. Um, I ended up the guy I bought it off. We we built it together basically. He had a shed. And his, his part-time job, he loves bikes. And so, you know, he, he had all these different parts and we we built this and put it together. And, and yeah, it did me well for my first year. And then it was just, I don't feel safe on it anymore. Mm. So I decided to buy a new bike. Uh, so I just bought a 2008 Suzuki Boulevard. And I picked that up this Saturday. <laughs> Fingers crossed that this snow goes away. So you can actually use predict it. Predicted to snow, I think, Again. all of next week. Um, it's been kind of snowmageddon for those of you not in Vancouver. It's been snowmageddon here where there's like this endless, not gigantic volume. It's just this endless beat down of snow. All the time. All the time. (laughs) You're like, oh, it's, it's snowing. And then like you get a week. Yeah. Oh, it's changing. And then it comes right back. And and then you have the odd sunny day and then it's snowing again. Oh my god! I mean, it's part of life, but come on, yeah, yeah. let's bring. Come on, please. I know. I'm so over it. So, what made you love bikes? Um, Where does it come from? I, I really, I don't know. I remember. So, I've always grown up riding horses. I had horses growing up, and then I remember riding my first motorbike. I think I was about twelve on a farm back home in Australia, and I just, I loved it. It was so much fun, and it was on this big sheep farm, cattle station, whatever you call it and so we were no like rules, rounding no up. roads no roads just <laughs> dirt just dirt everywhere and it was yeah it was a dirt bike i think it was a kawasaki 250 or something and we ended up rounding up the sheep and the cattle on the bikes and yeah i just it was so much fun i loved <laughs> incredible. it incredible i just want a video of that <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah and then so i would have been 12 or 13 and then i didn't ride anything for years but had been with friends on the back of bikes and then it was only, it would have been 2015 here. And I was making a list of, of things I wanted to achieve that year. And I was like, you know what? I really want to get my bike license and get a bike. And um, so, yeah, I sat the test and I went and did a, a learn to ride course over at um, ProRide in, in North Vancouver. And, you know, learnt all the, the proper rules of the road and things like that and how to ride safely. They basically teach you how to ride safely in traffic and lane positions and things like that. So that was fantastic. And then, yeah, as I said, I met this guy. Um, he was selling bikes on Craigslist and through him ended up building this this bike, which I called Angus after my, my favorite guitarist, AC, AC. Angus Young. Yeah. Yes. And um, so, yeah, so I rode Angus all of that summer. That's the and best sentence you've ever said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait a minute. Never mind. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then basically it, winter came and so I, I put him in storage. And then last year, 2016, I ended up studying all of summer. Uh, so I didn't have a life and I didn't ride. Um, but yeah, and then it got to this year and I was like, do you know what? After seven months of working two jobs and studying two different courses, 
this summer I'm having a life and I'm getting a new bike that works and I'm going to do some serious road trips across That's Canada and the US. That's 2017 this summer. You're going to have summer. some summer. It's my time. Oh. And <laughs> I'm what doing did you, it. What did you study? Uh, I, I already studied, know the answer, but this is free. I studied philosophy and also English literature. And so, yeah, through two different universities online. And that wasn't random. That's specifically something you wanted to take as a great Yeah, picture. well, it was more I met with um, people at SFU and I was talking to them about doing a degree and they wanted me to do some foundation courses because it had been so long since I studied. Yeah. And so they were the courses that they recommended. Basically, you had to have an English and a math or math equivalent um, I don't like maths at all, so <laughs> philosophy was the only other one that came under that category. I guess it was quantitative thinking yeah. or something. And uh, yeah, I so was I was so happy philosophy fits there. I chose philosophy, but it was it wasn't philosophy per se, like talking about Socrates and things mm -hmm. like that. It was a lot about argumentation, critical thinking. Uh, there were Venn diagrams involved, and I it was funny because I absolutely hated it. I love English. I've always loved English all throughout school. Mm. That's where I got my top marks. Hated the philosophy course and it had been so long since I studied Catherine that a couple of nights I was actually in tears because it just didn't make sense and I thought I'm going to fail. Yeah. I'm useless and I was beating myself up and I think one night I actually threw my textbook at the wall because I was just so frustrated. And but then, that's real. That happens. Not everything is roses for every person, No, right? But then the funniest thing was when I got my marks in December, um, when, when both courses finished, the philosophy course was my best mark <laughs> over the English, which was insane. But I think, <laughs> I think it was basically because you try so hard in the course, you know, the, or the subject that you're not good at. You're constantly aware that you're not good at it, so you're really focused and... And putting your all in, and then suddenly it turns out to be your best mark. So. Yeah, Critical it's interesting. thinking is such an interesting skill, and of course, so hard to quantify. But man, if you can even just touch the edge of that, yeah. It's so it was great though, because from that, it, I realized a lot of people don't read or listen critically with information that they're given. So you know, when you're reading the news or an article about something and it has statistics in it, it's very easy for the media to manipulate those statistics in mm -hmm. so many different ways because they, they, when they do like a poll, for example, they may only poll five people, but then they'll use those five people and they'll be like, you know, 5% of America said this, this and this. And it's so easy for them to manipulate. And people, I think especially nowadays, with fake news out there as well, people just read what's on Facebook or what's written in the papers as a given. And they're like, oh, that must be true. And they don't take the time to think about it and process it, which is, it's terrifying. It is, especially the next generation, which is part of what I'm doing with my podcast is compiling different kinds of stories and people and the real stuff mm. behind these people and the stories that, you know, it wasn't easy going through school mm. and giving up my social life. It wasn't easy doing these things, but look what I got from yeah. it. Yeah, it's all therapy for me too. Nice. <laughs> but those kinds of things, like I, we also had, a, we featured a, a blog of a teacher from Kuwait and he was talking about these kids he's trying to teach their high school. And he was like, I don't want you to just verbatim give it back to me. What does it mean? Mm. Who said it? When did they say it? Yeah. Where did it come from? What is their context? And he's really, when he's talking to these kids, trying to teach them English, but from a way of 
where is everything coming from? So I thought it was really cool. And okay. hence why we had him on. Oh, nice. And he's really new to me, so. Oh, cool. Too bad for you, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. But that kind of thing, where yeah, you're, yeah. you're responsible for teaching these kids. And, yeah. And it's a way, but yeah. No, it's cool. Uh, what else do we have here? Um, you went to, um, you were in London. So yes. Tell me a bit about London. Oh, wow. It was... It was fantastic. Back in time. I mean, yeah, going back in time. So, uh, yeah, after I left Australia, I moved to London. And it was such an eye-opener. I mean, going from this very small little town um, to this massive city, which I think mm-hmm. the population is something like 8 million or 9 million. <laughs> okay, even bigger. All within a very, very small area. And, yeah, it was just... It was a culture shock on every single level. The price... Um, and I mean, like I left Australia, I was living in a, a three bedroom house on three acres of land. I had a dog and my boyfriend at the time. And suddenly we moved to London, which you're, you're basically living on top of each other. Yeah. Um, we moved into Stacked in. a studio apartment, which we were in for about four years, I think. So like this studio, but it, things are so pricey, it, it made sense. And we were living in that and literally the bed is here. And at the end of the bed, maybe three meters away, is a kitchen. All in the one room. There was a separate bathroom at the That'll end. That'll test a relationship. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> a separate bathroom at the end. But everything else was in the same room. So anytime if you had a fight or a disagreement, there was nowhere to go unless you physically left and walked outside. And there's and, people there, too. And then where do you go then? You either go to a cafe or a pub. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that was quite hard. And then finally, after four years, we ended up moving out a little bit out uh, to a place called Epping Forest, which was beautiful. Oh. And um, so that I'm going to Google that. Yeah, Epping Forest, it's, it's beautiful. It. But that was the thing. Um, yeah, just it was great because you got to travel so much throughout Europe. It was so easy. And, you know, like I said before, it's it was 30 pounds. So say 60 Canadian dollars. I'm not sure what the exchange rate yeah. is these days. But um, to get a flight, a return flight to Paris or to Berlin or, you know, anywhere in Europe. And you've got so many different options, so many different airports. So a lot of weekends were away. Um, that was my favorite part as well was, was getting out of London. Because oh, it was very hectic. But just, yeah, I really, I miss it for the culture. Um, I miss all the galleries, the art galleries, the museums, all the restaurants. Um, it's just a huge melting pot and architecture as well like I love my history and so you know when you walk into a pub on Fleet Street and you know like Charles Dickens used to sit there and drink his pints of beer and and put together his ideas of his novels and so things like that I absolutely love. You're digging it. Yeah absolutely loved all of that so I do I miss it dearly I really miss it. I've never Um, really been a traveler and in the last few years I've just been like Oh, you must I want to see these You've things. Got to. I'm like, you must. So I'm like Seriously. virtually living through all these people. Tell me oh, you everything. Have to do you have to do it. You I will. I'm getting there. We're saving up. But, but yeah. like, I'm like, tell me everything. Because <laughs> I like, literally latch on to people. But it was, um, it was funny. Like, it was exciting at first. And then I guess towards the end, it's a very different lifestyle to, to living in Vancouver. So I put it down. Vancouver and, well, Canada and Australia are very similar. You have your work-life balance. You know, you'll finish work here in the summer and go for a hike or something. 
being in London... Kind of like five o'clock. Yeah. 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 Um, but being in London, one, the weather was miserable pretty much all year round. Occasionally you'd get a summer. Sometimes you wouldn't. You might get the odd day. You might get a week and then it's over. Um, now, I think with global warming, the past four years since I've left, they've had insane temperatures in summer and really good weather. Uh, but but when I was there, it was, you know, it was miserable, like overcast. And you always had to have a backup plan for the weekend, like an outdoors plan and then something else if the weather changed, which I did most of the time. But um, I, yeah, I absolutely loved it. But then towards the end, it was just, it's a very big work and drink culture, mm-hmm. which don't get me wrong. You're I in. Lo- <laughs> I, I'm in. I love it. But it's not something you can maintain forever. And I mean, I'm 35, 36 in April this year. And that lifestyle, it just, you know, it's it's not unheard of. And especially when you're working, depending on the company you work for, like I was with Network Rail and I had a great time, but it was a project and we were based away from um, the head office. So it was very project based and you're working very closely with the same people all the time. But the culture, again, Monday night, you'd go out drinking. Wednesday night, you'd go out drinking. Friday, Saturday night, drinking. <coughs> oh, wow. And it was just, yeah, towards the end, I was like, I can't do this anymore. It's just, it's tiring. And it's it's And it money. is the lifestyle everybody is oh, doing. Oh, everyone does it. Not that everyone. everyone has to do it, so you have to, but... No, it's your, you know... That's what people do. That's what people yeah, do. Yeah, and it's funny, like, I think... I remember saying, I think maybe once, I was like, no, no, I'm... I'm not drinking or something, and, and they, people just look at you. They're just shocked. Like they can't believe it. Um, so, yeah, towards the end, again, I had to enter Canada by the time I turned, I think it was 32. No, it was 31. So, one, I had to get the visa, and two, towards the end there, I was like, I just wanted that, that balance again in my life like I had in Australia. Um, so, yeah, I couldn't wait to come here. There is, in Vancouver, there... In Vancouver, there is a real... Oh, sorry, my alarm just went and said I have a school concert, but it's actually next week, so good job, Catherine. <laughs> but uh, there is a real lifestyle here of while you're at work, you are working hard and focused, yeah. and probably yeah. sometimes on the weekends. Mm. But once you're 5 o'clock, you're kind of... Your life is your own. Yes, yeah. And you can go hiking. You can. There's so much more out... Well, it's the outdoor opportunity. Yeah. There's so many more opportunities of vast ability. And like right now, we're sitting here staring at uh, Science World... Uh, GM place Rogers Arena and uh, BC place so we can see all of those and it's like already there's three different things mm. you could do and the mountains everything is an artery to everything and it's so close I mean that's the thing you can literally finish work and jump jump in your car or jump on the sea bus and be across a north van and go hiking and yeah after work and you know in summer especially when the yeah. sun's out not in the winter <laughs> not in the winter unless you're like those hardcore people oh. which I am not no I'm not um but yeah, in in the summer when the sun's out to nine thirty, ten o'clock, you could there's so much you can do. It's fantastic. I have my notes here. I have like six lines of notes for Lisa of what we weren't gonna talk about and then right on it it says, Lisa, I am not outdoorsy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make you come for a hike. Yeah, I could do a hike I'll, I'll but maybe not out. every weekend all day. <laughs> you know what? I'm in for one or two times. Okay. We all yeah. have to try things, right? Because you did this, so you know you're in my world for a bit. Uh, let's see what else. You um, play guitar. You like guitars. I do. I, I love music. So music is. Yes, she probably... is a real person. <laughs> I swear. Music is my number one passion. Oh. Absolutely number one passion. Um, so I play guitar. I'm not that good. I 
could have really to do be. with practicing a lot more. <laughs> but yeah, ever since I was little, the first album I bought with my pocket money was Faith No More. Um, the real thing, <gasps> I think I was about nine or yeah, eight or nine years old. And ever since then, I was like, I really love rock music. And then I got into metal. But I mean, I listened to everything, all type of genres, apart from country, I'd say. But literally, I listened to opera. I love going to the opera. Um, musicals, you name it. I love it. That's culture, too. Yeah, that's not yeah, music, that's the thing. Culture. Well, yeah, I suppose living in, in different areas. But no, so I, I try and play guitar when I can. Um, I had a, a kind of mini band we haven't practiced in, in a very long time but there was um myself and four of my friends and we'd go over to soundhouse studios and go and jam and spend a couple of hours there uh, so that, that was a lot of fun playing metal playing every, anything, anything and everything it was hard because everyone knew different songs so we'd have to <laughs> we'd basically go there and then we'd work out the songs for the week ahead that we had to practice and learn and then we'd go and play those songs um but yeah it's a load of fun and you have a fun. bunch of guitars, one? I have three. I just gave one to a friend, so now I'm down to two here. Um, I think I have one in a shed in Australia, and I had an acoustic back in the UK, but I think that one's now gone as well. What is so. it about... So metal is your favourite? Rock anything? and metal. Rock and metal. So what is it about it that's tangible that you have to hold on to? What is it that makes you go? Is it the rebellion? Is it the I, personalities on the outside? Is it? I really, I don't know. I never know how to describe it. It's like when I go to a gig, I go to a lot of gigs um, when I can. And it's just, it's like a feeling. And straight away, if I don't know that band, I'll listen to them. And within maybe five minutes, I'll know whether I like them or not. Mm-hmm. And occasionally there's... It's just like this feeling and you're like, yes, fantastic. I love their sound. And then it's kind of like, eh, maybe not so much. Um, but I think it's maybe the drums and guitar. I don't know, the rhythm. I Yeah, I can't explain it. I just, I love it. Absolutely love it. And it's funny. It's, you know, I put it on in the mornings. In the morning? You know, in the mornings. And I remember, I still remember growing up and my best friend hated me, hated <laughs> me. Because she would come to my house, we'd have sleepovers when we were in, in our teenage years and we'd be getting ready for school, 7 a.m. in the morning and I'd have the stereo on loud and be like Metallica or Corn or Pantera or something. And she'd be like, turn it off! And so I'm just, you know, cruising along, getting ready for work. And, That's a way oh, to get sorry, ready, though. School. But I do it now in the morning. It's it's part of my routine. I just, I love having music around me 24 hours. I have it on all day at work. I have it on, on the way to work and home from work. I put it on when I get home. Yeah, I just I love absolutely it. love it. Oh, I love music. I'm currently in the teenage daughter years. So oh, how's that going? I listen to a lot of pop music. Oh, nice. <laughs> and and it gets stuck in your the head. The same six songs on the radio. Oh, quit telling me my band concert. Sorry. It keeps the alarm keeps going on my phone. But we listen to, although she um, she stays away from the real kind of One Direction kind of stuff. Okay. But, she, but it's still like, oh. And she plays the trumpet as well. So we get oh, some nice. symphony. Okay. So yeah, she plays in the band at school, but it's like, oh, pop music in the car. As soon as you get in, they hit that oh. regular pop music station. And you just go, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then they flip through the channels and it's pretty much the same song. And once you flip it, you're, and it's the same one again. And you're like, yes. no. You get to listen to it over and over. But it's a happy thing. Yeah. 
Uh, ask me how many times I've heard Bruno Mars. <laughs> a lot. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, Is a she lot. a Bieber fan? No. Um, there are a couple songs that okay. she's not afraid of listening to in public. Okay. But she's not walking around advertising it. Well, okay. <laughs> but no, like, but she, what she says is, I'm not going to not like him mm-hmm. just because I haven't liked what he's done already. Okay. She's like deep thinker. Yeah. And she's like, how can you say, unless you've sat and listened to everything, how can you say you don't like anything they've done? She's like, that's very true. But I'm still not sitting down and listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, that's, that's good. Not, yeah. But she's like, just because I don't like that specific thing oh, they wow. did, and I'm like, deep. Yeah, she's a deep thinker. Oh, jeez. It's hilarious. It's but funny. Yeah. I think um, I, because like I look at my Ticketmaster account and I just keep, especially this year, there's so many good acts coming to town. Oh. And I was like, I, maybe work should just pay me in Ticketmaster vouchers <laughs> Ticket or something. I'm like, seriously, I just can't stop myself buying, and especially when it's like something rare, like um. So Jason Bonham, who is John Bonham, his son, is coming to town. He's a drummer as well. Yeah, so I'm super excited about that. He's doing this whole Led Zeppelin experience. I'm like, this is going to be amazing. So I'm like, bye, bye. bye." (laughs) And then Metallica, of course, with Avenged Sevenfold are coming. I'm like, bye. Roger Serena? I think BC Place. Oh, BC Place. I think, yeah. Um, So there's so many gigs coming so many gigs oh, coming up. Like, oh my yep, god. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> it's like, I want to go to everything. Yeah. And I'll be going to the school band concert. Oh, <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> but no, that's where, and at that age of, I want to be at those things. Mm-hmm. And so I'll take a pause on all the concerts and things to, to go into that yeah. world, which is kind of cool, and all the things that go along with that. But so. In maybe like two, three years, I'm going to be hitting, I want to go to that, I want to go to that, I want to go to that. But right now, I just want to yeah. go to everything she does. And yeah. as usual, I talk about my kid. Back okay. to the real world. That's a great thing. <laughs> She's pretty cool. That's a great thing. But yeah. Okay. So, we are going to wrap it up because we are at 33 minutes. Wow. Awesome. Nice. So, I would like to ask you if there are any kind of words of wisdom, um, quotes mantras or something that you you could end with that but something that you've learned the hard way or just learned uh, something that you um life advice because really this is for my podcast is really reaching out to the next generation um, because they never listen to me so maybe they'll listen to my podcast later but that kind of thing of try things or explore see the world Okay. Um, and then a mantra or two. Okay. Advice, definitely travel. Travel as much as you can, um, specifically to you. I'm yes, giving you okay. this advice. Fair enough. You have to listen to me. Um, I would say travel as much as possible. It's funny. I've met people who, who say things like, oh, you know, I live in the best place possible. Why would I travel? I mean, you can't make that judgment. You can't make that call without seeing other places to compare it to. I don't and care people how are incredible. beautiful your town is or, or your country is. You cannot say that without seeing the rest of the world. So definitely travel as much as possible. Um, I find travel getting out of Vancouver, everything is just, oh, like going from Vancouver out into the world. It's just like, oh, how much? But it's going to have to be. Yeah, yeah. Get over it, Catherine. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, one of my favorite sayings is by Salvador Dali, and it's everything alters us, but nothing changes us. And basically, I love that saying because it resonates with me, I guess, because I've traveled so much. I've met so many different people on my journey through life. And yeah, you know, I have changed in a lot of ways. Like I've been altered in lots of ways by meeting different people, having different 
careers, uh, living in different countries, but fundamentally I'm still the same person. I still have the same morals. Um, I still have the same beliefs and I still treat people the same and expect to be treated the same. So yeah, it just that saying, I love it. It really resonates with me and um, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. It never, I oh, it. I'm going to think about that for a while. And like, you can let ponder, my mind ponder wander. That. Yeah. <laughs> in a yoga pose. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to say? Or are we good? Um, I think just at the end of the day, be, be true to who you are. Um, I, I'm a stickler for manners. I'm absolute stickler for manners. And I think it scares me because I feel like it's going out of fashion and especially in this city. Um, so always treat people how you want to be treated. And just always remember that no matter what happens, you never really know what's going on in someone else's world or someone else's life and what they're dealing with, uh, the crap they're dealing with. So, you know, don't don't be too quick to judge people mm-hmm. um, because you just, you have no idea. And it's very easy for people to make a quick judgment call and, and write you off, uh, you know, because of X, Y, Z. And I think if, if people just sort of take the time and think, well, you know, they might be having a crappy day or something might be going on with their family, they might be homesick. You just, you have no idea. So I, I think just, yeah, there's not enough love in the world. Mm. And I have a quote on my desk that a girl gave me, a lady, whatever, gave me, and I completely cannot remember who said it, but it's, don't mistake my kindness for weakness. I love that. Yeah, it's like, just because you're nice doesn't mean you're a doormat. Yes, exactly. Right? And you have you don't have to be. Yeah. You can still be strong and powerful yeah. and have kindness and manners. And yes. it's so lost in this. It can easily get lost. It's not yeah. lost. It can easily get lost. And that's not what we want. I think, but that's, no, it's very true. And I think a lot of people will see that kindness as weakness. And they will. They'll try and take advantage of you. Um, but I think that's a thing. You have to remain very strong. Very, very strong. And if you, if you mean no and say no stick to your guns um don't Mm. don't let people sway you um Mm -hmm. which i found something i'm trying to do more often now is you know put myself first i think for for my whole life i've always put other people first and and always been like well you know let me help them i'm very um i have a lot of empathy for people and so i will always listen to someone and listen to their problems and and try and help them but to my detriment Mm -hmm. so now i'm basically trying to look after myself and still have still have manners and and Mm -hmm. still be a nice kind person but at the end of the day i should look after myself and and it's the best thing isn't always it's not always you listening and dealing with it it's not Mm -hmm. always the best answer sometimes the best answer is giving them the right tool yeah Sometimes you can take on too much and it's not, it's, if it's not healthy for you or, or anything like that, it's like sometimes the best thing to do is mm-hmm. say, you know what, I have this, I have this, you should, here's a website, here's yeah. a phone number, here's a this, here's a that. Sometimes that is the better answer. Yeah. But we just want to help everybody. That's it. The thing I've learned in this last year is every time you say yes to something, mm-hmm. it comes attached to a lot of no's. Okay. Never thought of that. Anytime. So if I say, Lisa, do you want to be on my podcast? Yeah. You've come here today. Yes. That means a whole bunch of other things you've had to say no to. Oh, I see. Right? Okay. So yeah. um, if I want to join this, it means I have to say no. So make mm-hmm. sure when you're saying yes to something, it's what you really want to do. Yes. Or what's best yeah. for you. 
because you're going to have to say no to all these other things. Yeah, I agree. And, and I've yeah. done that so many times and I've said yes to things and it'd be like an event or something and I'm half-heartedly thinking about going, but I feel bad for saying no. Mm-hmm. So I'll always say yes. Mm-hmm. But then I, I had that night set aside to go home and maybe have a bath or play guitar or have an early mm-hmm. night. Whereas I find myself at this event bored out of my brain and thinking why on earth did I say yes? Mm-hmm. Why did I agree to this? So yeah, it's it's funny, Catherine. Like I, I love getting older purely for the fact that these things I'm starting to learn now. I probably should have learned them a long time ago. I know, but you know, I'm coming up to thirty six. It's starting to sink in finally. But yeah, it's just it's nice to be able to to go. Do you know what? No, I'm not going to do that anymore. Mm. And um, I've had to really learn that. Yeah, really learn it and say, you know what? I really can't, and I wish you well. Yeah. Except for guests on my podcast. You can't say that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and being a guest, yeah, you're like, yes, guest, Catherine, yes. I'll be there. I'll be there. And that's fine. If you don't, yeah. That's not the point. The point is for yeah. me to be able to tell stories. But it was like, every time you say yes, you're going to have to say no to so many things mm. that happen, especially as a parent mm-hmm. and a working yeah, parent. I mean, it's not. It's just a different thing than other, other things. I have sisters. I have 36 cousins. Oh, wow. I have... <laughs> 11, no, 10 aunts and 10, my dad is one of 11 kids and my mom is one of seven. Each one of those people are married with kids. I work at an office with 400 people. Mm. All of these opportunities are amazing. I have a kid. I have all these things. My husband has friends. He's allowed to have a life too, apparently. (laughs) And all of these things are amazing opportunities that I just kind of (gasps) go... Everything is so exciting. I'm so lucky. But you have to, I, I yeah. have to stop and focus. What do I really want? Mm. I can spend all my time trying to please my family, trying to please everyone. Yeah. It's like, I want to do a podcast. Yeah. I want to do this. And it took me a year to figure out most of it. But so then it takes me a year. Mm. And it's what I do with my time. So yeah. I've had to learn that, but still be giving and kind, right? Yeah. So like and reciprocate and all that. But I've, I've learned that. It took me a long time it as does. well. It takes right? a while. But you learn it. That's the main you thing. Do. You do eventually. Yeah. Well, touch wood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> eventually. I swear to travel. I promise. Good. On this. <laughs> I will so, circle back in a year. Okay. <laughs> I want to see a passport. I want to see a stamp in it. I renewed my passport. There you go. <laughs> so thank you for being on the show, Lisa. And I'll grab any thank social media and all those things and any links okay. and anything you want to put on there. And we'll throw it up. Throw it. We'll put it on the site. And uh, it means a lot that you did this. And it's really cool to to talk to people and actually have time to have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay. Thank you. So, okay, we're going to stop this. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Stop. Hold on.